0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Layered Butter. I'm Rodrigo Coctin And hey, it's Raph Cordero. And guys, before we get started with our episode, which is another good one, we do have to remind you the Studio Ghibli issue is officially out. Woo-hoo! We've gotten uh, quite a few pre-orders already. But if you are looking to read it digitally, you don't want to put in a pre-order for a physical issue, that is also fine. You can head over to issue.com, look up Layered Butter, or head over to our website and find Issue through there. And for the price of a cup of coffee, I mean, albeit, I guess, maybe a Starbucks cup of coffee <laughs> you can get your digital issue also if you head over to patreon.com layered butter you can get a digital issue for free i, I mean I guess covered by uh, the patron fee but it's like if you, if you support us that way you will also have access to all the digital issues so that's another great way to do that. And some other stuff too, right? Yeah, there's tons of stuff. We've been releasing some exclusive yeah. content, some stuff that got uh, deleted. We had a, a walkthrough of the issue with uh, founder Andrew Perucho kind of giving us a bit of his mind of like where the design elements came into play for the Ghibli issue. So it's great stuff. Had to make sure to check that out. Finally, don't forget to check out lairdbutter.com slash podcast. Find any information about this episode. We're starting to include full show notes, including links of what we're discussing. So yeah, good stuff there. Raf. it is time. To bring our guest in. She's a film lover. She's a film critic. She's an overall amazing mind. Please welcome to the show, Adriana Floridia. How's it going?
1: Hello. Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> hey, yeah, welcome no to, problem, to the show. Yeah. We're excited to have you. We are recording on March 8th, which is International Women's Day. And so we definitely, you know, there's a little too much uh, testosterone going on our end. So we're like, we need to bring <laughs> a voice that is informed and can speak to some of the stuff that we want to tackle on later. So why don't we get started with the pre-show? Big night. for If you're listening to this on Sunday when we release a week ago, so last Sunday, the Critics' Choice Awards happened. Raf, you're our awards correspondent. Walk yeah. us through some quick highlights <laughs> of what happened. So, I mean, I, I got to say,
2: this was a better show than the Golden Globes. Um, um, I had more fun with this award show, I think, um, just in its format and layout. Um, one of the big things that Golden Globes didn't really do is do clips from the films, and I love that. When you're watching a you know one of the award shows they show you know a certain scene or a clip from a film um and there wasn't really much awkward you know in between time like the golden globes and like awkward jokes i mean hey Diggs was a host and i i guess he was playing with some filters so he was a potato <laughs> at one point and he was also <laughs> a banana i mean it's fun it, it, it's it, it's you know interesting but um it is it didn't have any of the awkwardness that the Golden Globes had. Some of the um the big things that um happened that uh note in terms of the award wins and whatnot. Um and I'll stick to them the um, movie part of it. Um I think uh we have um oh my god, I forgot his first name. Daniel Kluya is it Daniel Kluya? Yes, Klu- Daniel Kluya, yeah. Klu- yeah. right? Yeah, yeah Dan Kluya mm-hmm. Klu- and uh, Chadwick Bozeman, I think are the clear front runners for their specific categories. They have won almost everything mm-hmm. so far, the precursors. Um, and I don't think they're, they're going to um, change at that point for Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor. Um, uh, Promising Young Women also surprised with some really big wins, which I think are going to bring up some momentum going forward, which is for Carrie Mulligan, um, who won Best Actress, and also um, Emerald Fennell, who won Best Original Screenplay. I yeah. think we, uh, there's some uh, new momentum going for this film, and I think it's going to uh, pick up some traction, and hopefully Mulligan picks up the, the
0: win at the Oscars. Oh, we'll see. Yeah, Adriana, did you have a chance to see the Critics Choice Awards or at least review the the winners?
1: Um, I actually didn't, and I'm usually really on top of award stuff. I just kind of, honestly, I I ended up watching the Oprah interview last night. Oh, same. Oh, yeah, <laughs> same, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't blame you, guys. That was a big yeah. one yesterday. <laughs> um, but I'm very happy to see promising young woman um, doing yeah. well. I feel like it's a very like critics really love that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we'll see what happens at the Oscars. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I know it's a little like, divided. Um, yeah. But, um, and also, to the best actor race, I'm I'm still hoping Riz Ahmed um, Me can too. pick up the steam <laughs> for the Oscar, because I really think yeah. it was a groundbreaking performance in Sound of Metal, but I haven't yeah. seen the Daniel Kaluuya movie, so it's not really a fair <laughs> assessment. Yeah, I should yeah. probably watch that, too. For sure.
0: I, I do think I also agree about the Sound of Metal. I'm also very happy about uh, Alan Kim's win and his, oh, so cute. his reception i don't know if you guys have seen this clip online but he teared up a bit it was wonderful i love i am uh, an alan kim stan i think this podcast may be transitioning into an alan kim podcast if <laughs> yeah. i have my say
1: what award did he win was it like a breakthrough actor yeah breakthrough oh, okay, okay. um actor i still need to yeah. see minari i i haven't seen it what? yet
0: Oh yeah, I oh, am yeah. a, a little behind.
1: Minari is a journey. Um,
0: I, this is not like my third week about talking about movies that make me cry. Minari is one of those movies that at the end okay, I was great. like full on like hyperventilating <laughs> ventilating and sobbing. So it's a, it's a good one, you know. Um, moving on from the Critics' Choice Awards, another thing that happened last weekend was the release of Raya and the Last Dragon. In case you don't know, that is the latest animated film from Disney. It uh, went into Disney Plus through their premium, I don't know what it's called, premium, premium Channel Disney or Plus. Premium, yeah, I don't you know, basically I pay was, more money that you're already paying money, and then you can access additional content. Uh, it coincided with the reemergence of Kelly Marie Tran, uh, actress of previous Star Wars movies, who was in a very tough situation because people, yeah. I guess, did not like the movie and decided to uh, troll all over her social media accounts. It was like... Horrible for a while. Mm-hmm. So, um, Raph, uh, let's start with you. Were you aware of, like, Kelly Marie Tran's kind of, I guess, difficult times that she went through after the... I don't even want... Like, I did not even think it's a poor movie, but it's like, let's just say that the poor reception from the Star Wars movie that came well, out.
2: Where's Andrew Perucho? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you love it? I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, in terms of Kelly Marie Tran and the last... I think it was totally unfair. I mean, I think everyone was being races, sexist, her portrayal, but also her inclusion as a main character in the the film, in the the final film as well, The Last Skywalker. And I think, was she shafted? I I don't even, uh, I I feel like her storyline was kind of written off at that point. And I don't know if that was a part of the um, uh, backlash or her reception as a character. And I think it was unfair for an actress, right? Um, She got a really big gig um, in one of the biggest franchises of all time. And um, I think You know, just by having that opportunity, she was, you know, attacked and she was looked at differently from the masses, and uh, it was unfortunate um, the feedback she got, but also the the trolling she got. It was totally unfair. So I'm really happy she had an opportunity to shine here, Um, and I and I hope that you know uh, she she comes back to the mainstream and then she has a, a big and bright career ahead of her. Sure. Yeah. I, I know she had a TV show too with Elizabeth Um mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't catch that. That was on like Facebook TV, like what that wow. <laughs> but anyway.
1: Oh, I know what show you're talking
0: about. <laughs> Maybe you can speak a little bit too, and and I don't know if you've personally a bit necessarily had these type of interactions, but I think we're all kind of seeing it um, about the way that women and social media don't always get yeah. like the most. Positive relationship in t- between the two things, right? And and yeah. I think especially if on top of being a woman, you are a person of color, like mm-hmm. all of a sudden it seems like everything is fair game, right? Uh, is that do you, would you agree with that sense, or do you disagree somewhere?
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I personally haven't experienced anything like that, like the bullying and um, just the horrible things that she went through. But I also feel like mm-hmm. really big fan bases of things can be super toxic. Yeah. Um, like yeah. I, f- I find that's with I mean, Star Wars is the example here, but like one fan base that is like that too is RuPaul's Drag Race. There's like a big issue Mm -hmm. with racism and
0: um,
1: just bullying and like death threats. And it's just being so exposed more now. Um, Like -hmm. people are really standing up against it because it's horrible. But I think, especially as a woman and as a person of color, you're just such an easy target. And if people if you're not yeah. doing exactly what people think they want you to be doing, then they hate you. <laughs> and uh and just a really gross online it, culture. It just yeah. It's what yeah. what
0: is their expectation of Kelly Marie Tran? She is the actor of the film. She did not I write know. the plot of Rose yeah. Tico and like decide, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like so bizarre. Um, one last thought on my end before we, we leave uh Raya and The Last Dragon. Um, I really like the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh I why like why doesn't it have an emblematic Disney song? I feel like that's what was missing. For <laughs> oh, me. good one! I was, yeah. thinking, I was listening to the Hamilton soundtrack, and you know, Philip Sue is singing some some beautiful songs there. It's like, how did we miss <laughs> the opportunity to get like a big song for Raya? I don't know. Some some quick notes for Disney, hot like, take. Hot
1: take. <laughs> I also feel like it was badly marketed, though. So I feel like it was really badly marketed. I didn't even know this movie came out until yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I think it
2: just fell off the ba- the of little wagon for them mm-hmm. and they just dropped it, right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, unfortunately. On the other
1: hand,
0: too, I feel like I went into that movie with lower expectations and I enjoyed it. And I think if they had hyped it up too much, maybe, maybe it would so. have fallen a little yeah. flat. That's a good point. So, you know, it's always a tricky balancing game. Listen, oh, this, guys, listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very quickly, today is Monday, which is the 8th and But But uh,
2: today there was news that um, the Snyder Cut was released. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, with some viewers who had HBO Max, they they went to watch Tom and Jerry. They clicked it, and it was the Snyder Cut. And, and the then, uh, people were able to watch at least an hour and fifty minutes because that's uh, Tom and Jerry of the actual film. And
0: guess what? I heard it was good. But is you it know like, wait, what? What? Yeah, I heard Snyder it's really cut really one good. One file? Like, are we watching one four hour movie, or is it like? Man, I don't know. I I was just reading some comments on Reddit and this could be fake news, but as of now, it's still
2: real. And I think Hollywood Reporter or Variety's uh made a story about it, right? Mm -hmm. Um but um one thing I wanted to note is this is pretty funny, if is this the final part of the Snyder's cut story? Like it was building up to this and it gets released on Tom and Jerry by accident. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like Of it could be a joke, but anyway, I'll hold my thoughts and then uh, let's see what happens in a couple We'll see weeks once it comes happens.
0: out what what we think. Um, sorry, and, and to end on a bit of a somber note here, uh, Nomadland that received a lot of love from the Critics' Choice, uh, they mm-hmm. are dealing with a rather devastating loss when their on set sound mixer Michael Wolf Snyder passed away recently. Their family has come out to say that it was, um, I, I guess he took his own life, he's been suffering from depression for a long time you know, it's been a rough year in the film yeah. industry. The the mm-hmm. pandemic has been really been hitting it hard. I, I guess maybe I wanted to talk, let's start with you, Raf. You've worked on sets before. How do you feel like the stress of that type of job can affect people going through this?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, um, by working on sets and whatnot and seeing the lifestyle, you know, you're on set, what, 18 hours a day for five days a week. And sometimes if Depending on where where you are in your life, you you know you have a family or you don't have a family or um, you're separated or you have kids, blah 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 blah. It's really really hard, and I think um, uh, that social aspect of being on set was very important to a lot of people, um, especially if you don't have a family life or you're on your own. And um, with the pandemic, with a lot of films shutting down, I feel like it got even harder, right? So the the stress and anxiety of being on set and also being at home for ninety percent of the year um uh you know I, I think it plays a role in the mental health and that that social aspect that uh you know many many individuals um had and um are 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 missing in their in their life and i think it's unfortunate maybe the pandemic played a role in um uh, uh wolf wolf Snyder's um passing Uh um but he also had his own demons as well but i i think it's important that maybe after looking at the passing of uh, many individuals who work in the film industry, that we need to reevaluate the film industry in the sense of maybe how many um, many hours a day are you allowed to be on set? Is there a good balance in your social life um, as well as your set life? And I know, you know, time is money, but it hurts. And I I can attest to that because, you know, being on set for an entire summer, it, it takes a lot out of you. And depending on where you are in your life, a lot of your own personal milestones or relationships or moments you could miss. And those are big, big sacrifices that people have to take. And I think that, um, uh, maybe this is something to take a look at or what is the relationship between, um, you know, being on set and also yeah. like, the long hours on set to the mental health.
0: Right. Yeah. And so, it, it, It's not always an obvious thing, right? Like I think people no, look at me sure. and, I'm always seen as like this kind of chipper person, but it's like, I always struggle with like anxiety. I've always struggled mm-hmm. with like depression and stuff like that. And so it's easy to take that for granted and not be checking in on your mental health, especially during times like this, right? Yeah. Adriana, do you have any, any thoughts on kind of that intersection of like the, the film industry and mental health?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I haven't worked on a set or anything, but I could see just from my like outside looking in experience, mm-hmm. it must be super hard. Like people are overworked. Um like mm-hmm. it just seems like a very stressful environment, yeah, and like and then to not have work is equally stressful, too, so there's yeah, for sure there's so many things that can contribute um to that, yeah, it's tough, everything is kind for of sure. just <laughs> hard right now I, I hope <laughs> there's
2: some kind of reform or something going forward, and maybe I'll go on a rant some some other episode, but I think um that's one thing that's very important, especially for those on set yeah, um because you know. A nine to five is so much different than yeah. an eighteen hour day, and, and then going back to for work sure.
0: six hours later. That's I think. Big. I think we need like three structures to this kind of thing. It's like people need to be very aware of taking care of their own mental health yeah. people need to be very aware of taking care of the mental health of the people around them mm-hmm. and we need structures in place to make sure that people's mental health is take, is has a priority there For sure. um i we're go- we're going to wrap up there i do want to make sure if you guys feel like you're going through any mental health issues or listening to this we are going to have some links in the show notes so make sure to check mm-hmm. that out uh take care of yourself during this pandemic yeah uh, when we come back we're going to dive a little deeper into women in film and celebration of international women's day But first, a quick uh, word from our sponsor. Layered butter is brought to you by Ola Translation, the leading Spanish to English translation agency. Pop Quiz, Raph, how do you say layered butter in Spanish?
2: Uh, le layered
0: butter. That's probably the French way to say it. But sure. uh. <laughs> the Hispanic population is one of the fastest growing audiences in North America. So if you want your product to be found, it's time to reach them the right way. And you can do that with the help of Ola Translation. Raf, guess what? What? Layered Butter listeners can get 5% off all services by using our special code. And that code is... Butter! That's right, Butter. So go out there and reach your customers in Spanish with the help of Ola Translation. And we're back. Happy International Women's Day. Uh, I guess when you're listening to this, it probably is no longer that day. But when we're recording it, it is. So if you are listening to this, we're going to discuss uh, an important topic. We're going to talk about women in film. I wanted to start off with an important question. And it is, can you think of a time when you kind of first realized that there was a difference in gender in the Hollywood industry? And that can that's a question that can be as broad as you want it to be. It can be actor roles. It can be like noticing directors or whatever it is. Like the first moment that I think you kind of realized what that there was like a difference and there was a gender disparity there. Uh, Adriana, is there anything that comes to mind for you?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, this isn't the first thing I realized, but it's a pretty big one that it was like a recent like mind blown mo- moment for me. Um, I think it was Zoe Kazan who tweeted this. It was like maybe a year or two ago, where she kind of made a point that. All of the big stars from like 80s and 90s movies, you know, the Tom Hanks, the Jim Carrey's, like all those big male stars, yeah. the women who co-starred in some of their biggest movies with them are not household names. They did not go on to have the same kind of careers as um, the male stars. And if you go back and watch oh. a movie like Big, just, just as an example... I don't even. I couldn't even name the woman who co-starred in that movie yeah. with Tom Hanks. But that's a huge that's movie, crazy. and he went on to be this big movie star. And it just kind of asks, like, how come? There's just so many more roles for men. We're okay to see men age, play any type of role. Women, it's like yeah. one and done. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's lots of female stars, but how many of them yeah. actually have careers that lets them act until their 50s and 60s? Like, very, very yeah. few that you can name. Like the Meryl sure. Streep's and like the Judy Denches of the world, yeah. but there's not as, nearly as many women who go on to have big careers. So yeah. that was for me like a big, whoa, I never thought of that. Like, how come I never see these women that were in really big movies, like continue their careers the same way the men did. Um, yeah, for sure.
0: And, so and I think why, even yeah. the ones that are out there have kind of risen in spite of the barriers, not mm-hmm. necessarily benefiting in any mm-hmm. way of the current situation. Right yeah raf what about you can you think of a time you kind of saw this gender disparity in the industry you know what i i think my perspective comes a
2: little bit um uh, you know differently in, in the sense that i think i started to realize um you know when you're watching movies and whatnot you're like okay there's this actress and there's this actor and blah 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 but once i got into the industry and then i, I you know i worked on sets um I started to realize how male-dominated almost every department is, right? And and I, you know, um, you know, when you watch the Oscars and whatnot, majority of those um, directors, producers, and all those artists, uh, unfortunately, are usually um, majority of them are male, right? But when you're working on a set and then you look at the costume designers and then you look at the grips and you look at the electrics, the assistant directors, blah blah blah, almost ninety percent of all of that of, of those crews are male. And then, you know, you'll have a, a couple of females there. And I started to realize, I'm like, there are many, many women who absolutely love working in film, who absolutely love movies. And, you know, to see some of these crews to be very uh, uh, employed less women. I think I started to realize it from that perspective and be like, you know where are they? What? What are they? Just not interested? Are they just not being hired? Or is that really the big gender gap between everything here? Not to mention, I think I worked on maybe two sets where we had um, a female key, which is a female key, um, which is a top of every department. Whether it's a first assistant director or maybe it's um, DOP or anything like that, it was relatively rare. And you know, uh, I started thinking, you know, um, there are lots of people that have this interest in film and want to get into the industry but where are they right and and yeah. then, luckily enough i will say this though that um uh some of the recent shoots i've been on there are much more um uh, women on sets and mm-hmm. it's it, it, and it's exciting to see
0: yeah i think for me the first time that i kind of noticed something was off was when i saw scream the scream came out in i think 1996 19, so i was yeah. about 10 years old i think when i saw it maybe should not have seen it then but (laughs) i remember like the opening scene i don't know if you guys remember this is uh drew barrymore making popcorn and then she gets the call they ask her about the scary movie the way that she dies she's running out and it's kind of this slow mo slow mo like like her running and then like the the killer catches up with her and he stabs her in the chest and i remember thinking like again 10 years old like there's a lot of thoughts going on but I just remember (laughs) thinking like is this sexual like I was very confused Mm -hmm. about like the kind of elements mixing in and starting to think in my mind it's like trying to imagine the equivalent of like a guy running and like getting stabbed in the equivalent area or, you know what I mean? Like it seemed right. unrealistic. And I remember ever since then, I always thought about like that scene where she's just like running towards her parents' car and getting stabbed in the chest. I think then uh, scary movie went on to parody, parody it, like an even bigger exaggeration. But that's just like one <laughs> moment that stood out to me when I remember uh, when I started watching movies. Yeah. So I guess let, let's change it. So like how, if you, if you were asked how, what is the situation of women in film now what would you say, Raf? I know you mentioned a little bit about how you're seeing more people on set. Mm-hmm. Do you think you're also seeing that on screen, or like is it changing in a significant way?
2: Yeah, I, I think it's changing. I think we're getting uh, um, uh, some major films out there that have female leads, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there's been a recent shift, you know, especially with the Francis McDormans and um, the princes uh, sticking up for their, you know, their their cast, their crew. Uh, and, and the, the females in, in the film industry. Um, and I, I think it's exciting to see where we're going to go. And I, uh, while it's disappointing that it's, what, 2018 when Greta Gerwig and I think was nominated for Best Director, and it, it took that long for a, a female to be recognized, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or I could be wrong. I think Catherine Bigelow was nominated way before that. Oh, I, I could be wrong here. For the, for the Hurt Locker.
0: I think she won, I don't know. Yes,
1: yeah, um, she
2: did. Fake news, fake news, guys.
1: <laughs> but it has been a
2: while. I, I think
0: though. it's it's yeah. been a while, right? And it's um, been a while, and it's always like one in a category of five, and then like two exactly. years off where we don't see any, and then you know right what yeah. I mean. Like I think this year it's maybe gearing up to have a bigger presence in terms yeah, of. Yeah, I think
2: Regina but, King and Bo um, uh, Zhao, Zhao are big ones. Yeah, are, are, are coming up, and I think they're leading the way. But um, you know, I think it's um, I think it's changing, and, and, and for a good reason. We have we have all this talent. And they should not be limited only to the male, uh, Mm -hmm. the males, right? The men. Um, um, And I think, uh, you know, we're making the right steps. But could we do a little bit better? I think so, too. I think um, more producers need to open up to some of these films, to some of these female-led stories or topics, narratives, and also actors and um, actresses um, uh, to lead these films and give them an opportunity to tell these stories and be seen by the masses, right? Um, Because, you know... Not everyone can have the star power of a Jennifer Lawrence, right? I think some of these indie films and one of my film club recommendations is we do. um, Some of these indie films tell a lot. And I think it's important to stay true to the female perspective and also the female uh, story. Um, So, yeah, I think it's exciting to see where we're where it's going to go in a couple of years.
0: You know, Adriana, what's your take? What's the status of women in
1: film? Um, currently yeah i mean i basically agree with everything Raph said like i think there's more it just become more apparent that women haven't had these opportunities and i think yeah. it's just gone so long 100% where it was just so hard for women be, to be able to do anything really um mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we're finally like having this time where it's like no like women can do anything a man can do women can direct movies women can produce movies um yeah it's, like, the problem's at the root. Like, there's just not people... Not enough people were allowing women to, like, have these roles or make mm-hmm. their own films or anything like that. And, um... Yeah, like, it's it's about time. <laughs> it's about yeah, time well, that, like... 100%. Because people want it. People want movies that are, like, told from a woman's perspective or have a, a woman lead or whatever, it, whatever the case may be. It's not, like men-led movies would make any more Mm -hmm. money or like yeah i think hunger games was a big example of that like that was like one of the first like women-led kind of action adventure type Mm -hmm. films and that that movie like kind of broke barriers in a way and showed people like we don't need it to be a guy in the lead (laughs) yeah Um, or the
0: success of bridesmaids and how hilarious that entire mm -hmm. cast was right yeah Yeah,
1: exactly it's just like look It's almost like we need to prove ourselves by like saying, look, these movies still make money. These movies are popular. People like them. It's like, Mm -hmm. why wasn't that just a thing before we had to have an example of something that could do it? Exactly. 100%. It's kind of like, it's crazy. And I feel it too, as um, like, I'm not really a critic anymore. But when I was started out as a film critic, I was really made to see how much of a boys club, like the whole movie industry and every facet of it is like I was one of the only Mm -hmm. girls who was like writing about movies or doing anything with movies. If I, if I went to like a social thing, it would be all guys there. Um, yeah. I just never, for me growing up, I've always loved movies. So I never saw it as like a guy thing to like movies. Mm-hmm. Like movies are just universal. They're just stories. They're just people. Yeah. I don't know why it's stories. like, you know, limited to yeah. gender. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense to me at all. that something as yeah. universal as a film. <laughs> would be so, like, gendered in that way. And yeah. Yeah, like, as we saw this year at the Golden Globes, um, it was, like, a big deal that three women were nominated in the director's category. And, like, yes, award shows are having a hard time recognizing women for that, but also there's just not enough women making movies because women haven't been afforded yeah. those opportunities the same way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And to that point, actually, there's this uh, report that comes out every year called The Celluloid Ceiling that kind of looked at the how many roles are given to women, right? And this year, um, let me make sure I look at the Yeah, so this in the last year, I guess, women comprised 18% of the filmmakers that were calling the shots behind behind the top 250 domestic features, right? Wow. So only 18% of the directors were women. And I mean, just in case you need a biology refresher, women and men (laughs) exist in the world in roughly a 50 50%, (laughs) right? So it doesn't make sense why it's only 18%. Even if you go into like writing, it's just 17%. Executive producers, 21%. There is no role in the movie industry that is 50 50 currently, right? So obviously, we have a long way to go. And like to me, it's just like a matter of wanting a different perspective. Like, if you only have one perspective, you're going to keep on telling the same, same story mm-hmm. over and over again. And it's only when you invite diversity and you invite people that look at the world through a different lens that you're able to tell something, make something better. Right. For sure. I was talking with, with uh one of our close friends, uh Jordan, who listens to this podcast every Sunday. And we were talking about the movie Promising Young Woman. And he was mm-hmm. saying how like for, he loved the movie and he was saying how it's like watching this movie also made him think about scenes in movies that involve, like, rape. And he was saying how much people show it and, like, they don't care about, like, the effect that it has and how much yeah. more powerful it was to know, like, what horrible thing led to, like, these kind of shaping this person's life without necessarily having to show it on screen. Showing like, 100%. We, we know it, we, we live it every day. And so I, I, I was telling him that it's, like, I think if it was, like, a male director, he would have gone for, like, the yeah. easy scene and shown it. And, like, a female director, a female writer... A female actor, female, like you know, a female producer, Margot Robbie, they they're able to see things in a different way, in a new way, and I think that makes for a much better final product. So it's like I, I do think we need to push for more more women across all jobs, right? Yeah. Um, another question that I had: Are either of you guys familiar with the concept of a Bechdel test? Uh, and yeah. if you're not, I will define it later. But maybe let's start with, with you, Adrienne. Are you familiar?
1: Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's like a test for a film. If how many conversations they have between two women that aren't about men. Mm -hmm. yes. And what does it have to have like one or two to pass? (laughs) I don't know. I I, I forget what the criteria is to like pass the test.
0: Yeah. So so this test comes from a web comic where basically uh, a woman is asking, I believe maybe it's her date. I'm not sure if there's a romantic uh, there, but it's basically two women and they're asking like, do you want to go see a movie? And she's saying like, well, I don't go see movies unless it has these three rules. One that it has to have more than one woman. They have to talk to each other and it has to be about something that isn't a man. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. you would think that that is a very low bar to pass. But year after year, they keep on showing how many films pass that. And so many do not. (laughs) I was enjoying Ted (laughs) Lasso the other day. Um, I don't know, because the the Dacus won the award. So I was like, let me check this out. Yeah. And I haven't
2: seen it yet. Next time, there's two <laughs>
0: female characters in it that I guess like have a bigger role. Right. And I'm watching this episode where it's like both of them kind of growing. And the conversation that they're having is about like the divorce, like the like, etc. So I don't know. I, it kind of bothers me that it's such a low <laughs> bar that we can't always I seem see. to clear. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, Adriana, you that are a little bit more familiar with this, does it ever enter your mind when you're watching these films, like wh- how women are interacting with each other?
1: Um, to be honest, I don't feel like I really think about it that much. But like, I'm also like, you know, women's issues include like, stuff with men and stuff like that. Like, it doesn't bother me that much. If that's like, it would have to be really like apparent. Like, for example, you just mentioned Ted Lasso. Like, I love that show. I didn't really notice that. Like, that was Mm. one of the main things between the two women. But that shows Mm -hmm. very much about like, their relationships with their partners and like all the whatever, like there's divorce, as you mentioned. Um, yeah. So yeah, I guess it depends. Like if I'm watching a movie that I know is about a relationship, like whatever, that's what it's about. Like maybe they're not going to talk about much else than, than the dynamics of that relationship. But, um, that I do, I do feel like now that you've posed the question, I should pay a little bit more attention to that. But, um, I do think, like, yeah, there should be more to the woman's character than, like, their relationship to the men in the story. Um, Yeah. yeah. But even something like Promising Young Woman, like, that movie's all about, like, relationships with men and men who are abusive. Like, I would be curious to go back and watch that movie and see how much they talk about anything other than that. So, I think it just depends on the subject of the film.
0: What comes to mind to me is also sometimes, like, movies that involve gay characters. and. Mm -hmm. often it's like this character is too campy or not campy enough and it's because there's so few representations of this that it's like Mm -hmm. the expectation is for this you know character to be able to encompass everybody whereas like if we start having more plots of movie then suddenly like the pressure is off and you can say like obviously they're going to talk about men because real women do talk about men sometimes right it doesn't have to be every conversation yeah but it's also just factual and i think that's kind of like the higher pressure that we set up because there's not enough content out there that we're like, okay, we need you to be this movie about this specific thing. Raph, um, do you do you, have you ever considered uh like the way that women interact in movies when you're watching movies, or does it not not necessarily something that comes to mind?
2: No, not really. And I don't know if that sounds bad or not, but <laughs> like I feel like when I watch a film, right, and I see the women interact, I think I'm trying to um, you know, take that in as a, a a piece of reality. Right. And mm-hmm. if, if the conversation seems so far fetched or it's so uh, not realistic to the context of the narrative, then maybe I might think about it and be like, hey, I, I know exactly what the writer's trying to do here and it's not flowing for me. And that could mm-hmm. be, you know, if, if they're trying to uh, gain empathy from uh, further from the audience by bringing up a certain event or a certain context in their, in their life or a story or if it's just completely random or so listen at the end of the
0: day um uh i don't think i i i look at it in that in that frame yet and i think i should it's a perspective like i mean i don't know that what is the right answer i just know that it is part of the conversation out there in, yeah. in film like the bechdel test right so i mean i don't know what's right i think adriana brings up a good point that it's like when you know it is something that Sometimes it's part of the plot. So how can you not have to, and it doesn't make it a lesser movie, right? So I think that's also a healthy perspective to to think about. Um, I have another question for you guys. Have you ever seen a movie, and let's see if you can think of one, that either, Raph for you, I guess, kind of showed you a facet of the female experience that you weren't aware of, or for you, Adriana, something in your female experience that you had not seen reflected before? Maybe I can start off with with that one then, because I do have one that comes to mind, and it is, oh my god, I'm going to butcher this title. It is Never, Rarely, Sometimes, oh, Always, tempo, which we yes. talked about a couple of weeks ago. And it, it deals a lot with, um, I guess, Planned Parenthood. I don't remember if they name check it, but Planned Parenthood is really like mm-hmm. a lot of the, yeah. the movie, right? And it is obviously part of the conversation that we have often because it's uh, U.S. politics kind of takes over so much of our mind space. And so they, they, they talk about that often. Um, so when I saw that movie... It made me think of when I was growing up and I had a friend like we were in Peru and she went through a similar situation and I Mm -hmm. was so ill-equipped to say anything like she confided in me and I didn't know what to say. I, I don't think I said anything like negative or judgmental, but I just felt like I could have done so much more in terms of asking, like, do you have somebody that can go with you? Do you need like any more help that I can do? And I think I just kind of froze because to me, that was like the first time that anybody had ever mentioned Mm -hmm. like abortion or anything along those lines and so i watch a movie like this and i think like i wish i had seen this movie before i had this conversation because i it's like an impossible situation to be in and every part of it in this in society makes you feel so abandoned and so so i I don't know like when i see movies like that i think they're so important um and you know
2: sorry rod go ahead
0: yeah no i'm just gonna (laughs) say do you guys have any any thoughts on stuff like that
2: Uh, Rod, just to say, uh, just to what you said, I think it's interesting because some of these films, as you said, at least us um, males, um, uh, it's a perspective that we didn't even know uh, how to relate to, right? Because, Mm -hmm. um, um, you know, it's something that uh, we weren't exposed to at that time or context or experience. But I also feel like that's also um, one of the main things of why some of these films don't get made I, I i feel like some of these stories and ideas and narratives don't get pushed and because by the producers who are maybe men right most likely men mm-hmm. um uh, uh they don't find the interest or they don't think this story um uh, has any potential to be seen by an audience and it's upsetting because you're right if maybe you saw a film like this um at that uh, point in time maybe you could have uh had a better conversation with your friend but also be more informed Mm -hmm. right and um don't get me wrong it doesn't necessarily have to be about something as super serious as maybe an abortion or um anything like that but it could be that i think female experience and a female context um that maybe us uh, males are not accustomed to because we haven't had that experience or perspective at that point in time yeah right so
1: I don't know. I think maybe like as a man, it's different watching things because there's stuff about like women that you aren't really privy to as much. Like for me, I mean, as much as we said like women need to be represented better in film, I still feel like I have seen quite a diverse like you know a a catalog of films that do kind of Mm -hmm. portray different female experiences. And I'm just trying to think of one like for the question, but one that's kind of like striking me and and. The one you mentioned, never rarely, sometimes always, is great, great movie that really shows something in a in a very just like poignant way and mm-hmm. not as very uh-huh. like a very quiet film about something that's such a big issue. But um yeah. one movie that I really loved when it came out, and I haven't seen it since actually, I should probably go back, but two days, one night was a movie that was like a character study Perfect. that really struck me. Yeah. Um, which is yeah. this like French film, Marion Cotillard's the lead. And she's a woman who is basically on the verge of losing her job. And she kind of has mm-hmm. to like beg her coworkers to give up their bonus in order to keep her. That's kind yep, of like yeah. the, the situation. And she, it's like a very vulnerable. Um, and like, it's a depiction of this woman ah. who's depressed and who's also in a very like hard situation. Um, I remember that movie kind of striking me as like something I hadn't really seen before, like this, uh, mental health, uh, the way, the way it really focused on her, um, depression and like panic attacks and, and like yeah. the struggle that she went through in trying to get people to like have compassion Side for her, her and whatnot. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a great one. I actually, I, I when you first mentioned the title, I couldn't remember it. But as soon as it said Marianne Cotillard, yeah, I remember because yeah. <laughs> I did see it when when it came out. I believe she was nominated for. Yeah, no she was nominated for an something. Oscar, I
1: think. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. Because yeah. I, I remember that's when I saw it. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking, I guess, kind of of this darker side of things. You know, a couple of years back, uh, this big movement started with uh, the Me Too situation and Harvey Weinstein, who was like a massive producer in the Hollywood yeah. industry. And so I wonder, how does something like that affect uh, women participating in film? Um, Adriana, do you have any thoughts on that?
1: I mean, I can only imagine that it makes everything just a lot scarier Mm -hmm. and harder. Um, Like, you have gatekeepers like him for so long Mm -hmm. who, like, determine the fate of your career. And, like, I mean, obviously, he's a very extreme case. But, like, oh, actually, another movie that's worth mentioning. in relation to this point specifically is The Assistant. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Julia Garner. I just watched it like two weeks ago. Okay.
1: Yeah. So that movie is a really like, again, it's a very like quiet kind of slow movie, Mm -hmm. but that's another Mm -hmm. one that kind of shows like women are, have such a harder time in the industry. Like I think in that movie, she kind of discovers that like this actress is kind of being abused or something. And like, it's all very hush hush. Mm -hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And like, yeah, it's it's still so even though the Me Too thing happened a couple of years ago, like news stories are constantly coming out, like yeah. hearing about like Marilyn Manson and, and people like yeah. that that exist who just make everything like so hard for women, so horrible for women. Yeah, like, and yeah, you look it's at awful. someone
0: like Evan Rachel Wood, who is like in a relatively comfortable place and can mm-hmm. say, yeah, this horrible thing happened to me but you wonder like what happens to all the people who have too much to risk, who don't feel like they have a platform that's big yeah. enough, who feel more abandoned than someone like Evan Rachel Wood, Right. And it's like mm-hmm. horrifying to think about. Um, Raph, how do you think something like me too affects women in film? I mean,
2: it, it changes everything. And, uh, I think with Harvey Weinstein being taken down, um, I think that's the first domino drop because there's many more and, 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 you know, I'm sure it happens all the time with um, many producers, even actors as well um there's a dominance over the women in the industry unfortunately and I feel like if if you know certain actors um sorry actresses want to um uh, succeed they'll have to you know submit to to the demands of someone else whether that means uh, unfortunately in um in a in a sexual manner or in a uh um, in a different favor that, you know, they, they, they need to repay something to the man. It, it's like, as if there, there is an opportunity there in order to get it, they must, you know, do something to do it. And I think it, I I think some of these actors, um, uh, these days have, uh, uh have been put in situations where in order for them to get that big break, um, a little bit of their, you know, innocence or their integrity, um, is, put into question and I think mm-hmm. it hurts. And hopefully soon all of this will go away. But I I don't know. I think the industry is it, it runs too deep. Right. Yeah. And and uh it will take a whole revamp of the way movies are made, how movies are um consumed, and also how you know people get jobs, how they, they meet their agent, how they get these casting calls. Yeah. Um it, it's it's messed up and it's crazy. And and for those who spoke up, you know, um it takes a lot to do that and to yeah. start breaking down those barriers. I think, I, I think there have been actresses who spoke out, um, maybe in the 90s, and they were blacklisted, right? Yeah. From having uh, the gigs uh, or their next um, big shows or movies. And that's unfortunate,
0: right? That's it's, horrible. It's crazy. Yeah. So, why, why don't we end this on a much lighter note, a much happier <laughs> note? I want you guys to think about a woman in film. You can be any like actor, director, whatever you guys want that gets you excited about a project. Um, my my uh, my, I guess choice for this, I'm going to say, is very basic, but I'm going to say Meryl Girl. Streep.
1: I revisit the. the <laughs> okay, of yeah, Meryl I was Streep. not expecting
0: that. I, I, it's so often. Yeah. Like I've seen The Devil Wears Prada too many times, but also like stuff like Doubt. You know, like uh-huh. the the ones where she takes on a more serious role. Like I. I I mean, there are a couple there that I don't have too much interest in seeing. Like the one where she's a rocker mom. I can't remember what that one's called, but that Girl, one wasn't Ricky my favorite. In the flash. Yeah, yeah yeah There you go. Uh, <laughs> but there's like some stuff there in her body of work that is just like the way that she's able to. you Like a simple sentence is delivered in a very merrill way, and it's just like so powerful. She's great. I, I absolutely love her. Um, Adriana, let's go to you. What about you? Who's a woman in film that gets you excited?
1: Um. Sarah Pauly for me is someone that wow, I yeah. uh really have always admired and loved, especially like Canadian Canadian royalty. <laughs> um she obviously is an actor who's kind of transitioned to directing. Um <laughs> so and and it's her directing that I mean, I think she's a great actress, uh, but her directorial projects so far have been amazing and I think that's kind of her focus now so whatever she puts out next is something that I will be very excited about
0: and what about you Raf?
2: I'm the biggest Amy Adams stan <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I absolutely love her and I you know it's a shame she has not won an Oscar yet but um uh, you know I'm excited to see where her career goes because I feel like she has an eye for directing and I want to know you know in the future maybe one day if she ends up uh, taking that opportunity it'll be interesting to see what you know uh, how it turns out right um uh so i will follow anything amy adams does and uh, she does deserves an oscar nomination
0: anything <laughs> for a race to the Oscar. i'm trying to think let's hope it doesn't last as long <laughs> as, as leo's so maybe that's where we'll where we will wrap it up for this week and when we come back we're gonna pick a movie for film club that has to do with women and then give you our hot butter takes for this week but first we're gonna go on a quick break You know? Do you know what I'm a big advocate of? Video. Video established in 2010, Big Pig Co has grown from a one director production house to now working with some of the biggest brands globally. Above all else, Big Pig aims to produce work that is engaging, different, interesting, and essentially not boring. Raph, I think those are four words that I would use to describe you.
2: Engaging, different, interesting, not boring.
0: I love it. Yeah, there we go. You you know what? Big Pig Co wanted to make content that people were clicking on because of the way that it was presented. And one of the reasons Big Pig was started was because they felt they could create content that wasn't traditional and therefore provided more value to their customers. So if you want videos, what do you want, Raf?
2: You want Big Pig? Go, let's
0: go! And we're back. Raf, it is time for Film Club once again. I will say I feel bamboozled from your choice (laughs) for the last week that I have found out since then that you were not a huge fan of, although I will check out the first one that you suggested. What was it? Uh, I'm hoping that this week you're going to give me something a little (laughs) bit more uh, that I intended for me to enjoy. So tell me what you're choosing for this week. Wait a minute. I got to give some context
2: here, Adriana. So I I recommended uh, The Tribe, which is uh, a Ukrainian film that's, All in sign language. So there's literally no dialogue at all. And um, I said, you know, I was thinking, I recommended it because we were talking about film festivals and I wanted to give a film festival experience. Uh, A challenging film that you won't usually see in the theater. Right. Rod interpreted it as if I loved the movie. Yeah, you (laughs) recommended for people to see. (laughs) Just for people to, you know, experience something like that. Um, uh, Listen, just watch it. Just see how it is. Rod, come on, check that out. Please. See, thanks, Adriana. <laughs> I have
0: since heard him say that he hated the movie. I don't um, know why no, you didn't know, want me
2: to- No, no, backpedaling, backpedaling.
0: <laughs> um, uh, anyway,
2: this week's film club, uh, You know what, um, Adriana, you brought up an amazing film, which is Two Days, One Night, and that was something I wanted to. Oh, cool. But um, I wanted to go with something more lighthearted. Um, so um, my pick this week is Support the Girls, which is a 2018 film, I think. I am Andrew Bajorski with Regina Hall and uh, Haley Lou Richardson. Um, This is a very fun film, and I totally did not expect this film to be as good as it is. Um, uh, It's fun. It's lighthearted. And I think what I really, really love about it is um, it's about um, a group of waitresses and um, a poor manager at like a a pub, like a bar, like a Hooters kind of Mm -hmm. pub um and it, it, um these women control the um the restaurant and i think it just shows how hardworking they are and how much they appreciate what they do sometimes and they make the most of you know their contacts, their life and their situations but there's i don't know there's just this heartwarming grace while just watching this um this film and seeing regina hall's performance though is absolutely phenomenal I think it's fantastic and there's a lot of empathy and it's um,
0: there's a lot of, uh, I don't know. I, I think, I, I think everyone should just watch it. So there you go. That's one to check out for this week. Support. I agree. Support I agree. The girls. <laughs> so now it's time. <laughs> now it's time for the hot butter takes. Uh, Raph, why don't we start with you? What's been on your mind this week? Okay, guys, trailers.
2: Like, I love trailers. One of my favorite things is when you go to watch a movie, and then you're just sitting there before the movie starts, and then you watch four, five different trailers. But recently, ever since the pandemic, maybe, I don't know if it's pandemic, but um, studios have been releasing teasers for trailers, which totally get rid of the idea of having the trailer. (laughs) They're supposed to tease the movie already in that one minute and 30 seconds, why are you going to tease the trailer with, by doing a 10 second teaser? I'm saying, trailer starts now. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, let me just watch this trailer. Let me be teased. Um, I don't want to be spoiled before watching the teaser by seeing a <laughs> clip of Tom Cruise running and then being like, oh my God, this is going to happen in the trailer. Now
0: I know what's going to happen. And right? You already have it there. Know. I'm watching your video. I don't understand why you need to show me the stinger before that. Yeah, you know, it's I hate all it. weird i hate it i think it's a social media, media thing what's the
1: point i think it's like, like it, social it. like try to grab you no. in that first two seconds no. like i agree i hate it too i hate it too
2: it's the worst i i don't <laughs> understand just just <laughs> can we just also what's the difference between a teaser and the full official trailer and then there's like five different trailers for uh, one my film.
0: sense and i don't know if this is right uh, or not is that a teaser shows you no plot and then the trailer shows you some plot i don't know if that's <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's have you seen it. some of these yeah.
2: There there are some teasers that show a plot and some trailers that show the entire movie.
0: I don't get it. Anyway, you know what? That's my hot take for me. Adriana, mm-hmm. now let's go to you. I, I think you have something to build <laughs> upon here with yeah. the teasers and trailers.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, just going off uh what Raph said, I'm basically just I used to love movie trailers like when I was younger. And then as yeah. I like started working kind of on the marketing side of film and stuff like that, I just I just don't even watch them anymore. Like I mm-hmm. I feel like they spoil like you were just saying, like, some trailers show the whole movie. And I feel like that's kind of where What's a lot of trailers that? have leaned lately. Like yeah. yeah. I've I've literally seen trailers where the ending scene is in the trailer. And obviously yeah. you don't know that when you're watching the trailer, but I still just I'd rather go in blind. Um but yeah. I do love I love a good teaser. Like as we just said, a teaser's more like there's no plot. Like if just like a couple like quick little clips just to like give mm-hmm. you the idea and the vibe of the movie. I'm very yeah. into that, but movie trailers are just cut so bad these days and are full of spoilers. And just, I don't even want to They're, know. Like, I feel like it's best. Yeah. Like one thing that I just love about them. Yeah. One thing I love about film festivals, such as TIFF is like picking a movie just based on the synopsis and then going to see it, ha- having like no visual idea of what that movie is going to be. Yeah. And obviously, See? like, marketing's ah. important for a film. I'm not saying, like, trailers should be abolished, but I'm saying, personally, I enjoy just knowing next to nothing, just maybe, like, a little synopsis, and watching a movie like that, because that's where you get the most like pleasantly surprised a lot yeah. of times.
0: Yeah, 100%. I don't
1: know if it's that hot, but that's my take.
0: <laughs> no, for sure. And you know what? I, I think it's not an uncommon sentiment out there, right? That, like, it's really showing too much. Like, we, we talked about it, like, a couple of episodes back with the Godzilla trailer, how <laughs> what what is probably a key surprise in that movie is actually in the trailer, but not even like in an obvious way. It's like people just uh, like froze, uh, like did a screen grab of one of the screen, the, cap, or uh, yeah. screen cap and then it's like the it's in the background and it's like, well, what was the purpose of that? Did you think people were not going to do it? It's just bizarre. <laughs> it seems like you, th- they didn't think it was like a narrative element there, but they still included it, which is now a spoiler out there. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, my hot take is much more depressing, and I apologize <laughs> in advance for uh, people that may be listening. I saw the Mauritanian this weekend. I think it won an award the weekend prior. Like I think jo- Jodie Foster won. I Let me check yeah. that yeah. out. If you haven't seen it, it's uh, it's a movie about a man that's from Mauritania who ends up in Guantanamo Bay, and he wrote about his experience while he was there, which is, has now been turned into this movie. Now, uh, something in the movie that isn't touched uh, upon too much is that Canada actually has like a strong connection to um, the events that kind of happened beforehand. Uh, like the call that they recorded that precipitated all these actions was actually a call that like our spy agency, CSIS, listened to and then forward on to our American counterparts. Anyway, the reason that I bring it up is because it's been, I guess, 20 years now since 9-11. And Guantanamo Bay is still open and people are still there waiting for trial even. And I just think it's kind of like we've all kind of mentally moved on. And to be honest, it's just like grotesque almost like I I get it. I don't know that I agree, but I can understand why people like 20 years ago, like they felt so afraid and they felt like so, you know, they felt so afraid that they felt almost justified in taking some of these horrible, horrendous kind of decisions or actions. But again, it's been 20 years and. You know, like uh, these countries like Canada, the U.S., we're we're so proud of of our democratic institutions here in the Western world, right? Like our, our neighbors to the south, us, like we kind of feel like we stand for something. But we gave it up so easily for with stuff like Guantanamo Bay and we never bothered to be like, hey, this isn't normal. So I guess my hot take of the week is go watch movies like the the Mauritanian and get (laughs) incensed and outraged like me by what's happening. Because to me, like the core fundamental mistake here is that justice is not the same as revenge. Right. It's they're, they're not equal things. And so it's like if. If we do not care, if we truly do not care about the concept of justice being corrupted, then in so many ways we've already lost something huge, right? I think it behooves us, it behooves all of us to put pressure on our politicians and to do the right thing here and to move forward with this that it's been far too long since they've done anything. And even here in Canada, like I know we're not American, so we can't really go talk to Biden and tell him to do something. But we're close <laughs> allies <laughs> to the U.S. We give them a lot of leeway when it comes yeah. to like intelligence and stuff. We did a lot during those years. But if we can't stand up to our allies and say enough, take accountability to do, take responsibility for what we've done. I don't know. Then what do we stand for? I guess I, 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 the movie left me angry at the situation, at myself for not doing enough. I don't know. So I guess that's my hot take. Care a little more about the things that that matter. Uh, so many systems are
1: corrupt. So many systems like everything that the world is based on is totally fucked up, basically.
0: Yeah, oh, sham. yeah, and it's like, I, I, especially like again, I, I mean, I, I'm a little older. I think than than you guys, so I remember 9/11 in a very vivid way. That it's like how people were so scared, and they're like, we need to do this, and we, you know, we went to war and so on. And I understand like when you're afraid, how you make those choices. But it's like it's been 20 years. Like we need to look back and reevaluate what is still going on since then that we are just ignoring and, and it's just crazy. So on that kind of a bummer note, please go get outraged with movies <laughs> like this no. and, and do something. Um, That's where we're going to wrap up our episode. If you are looking for Layered Butter, you can always find us on social media. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash Layered Butter. We're on Instagram at instagram.com slash Layered Butter and on Twitter at layered underscore butter. Uh, you can find me on all platforms at rcocting, R-C-O-K-T-I-N-G. Raf, where can people find you?
2: J. Raphael Cordero or J. Raphael on uh, Letterboxd if you want to see my, my reviews. My one-word reviews. Nice. <laughs>
0: Great. Amazing. All uh, perfect. Just like all perfect. <laughs> Adriana, where can people find you if they want to hear some more of your
1: thoughts? Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Adri Floridia. Um, also on Letterboxd if you want to see what movies I'm watching. Adriana Flow on Letterboxd. And uh, have a new podcast coming out soon, so I'll probably be plugging that on my Twitter. Another film one. We just need more film podcasts. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> film under for fire. Sure. Look out for that <laughs> if you if you end up following me.
0: <laughs> Adriana is a brilliant mind, so make sure that you check out her podcast Thanks. when it does come out. She left you the social media handle, so check in there. Uh, that's going to be us for this week. Uh, we hope that you come back next week. Until then, bye. Later. Bye. Bye.